Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. God is good, isn't he? It's a great day to be serving the Lord. Because every day is a great day to be serving the Lord. Amen. It's good to be with you. See all of your smiling faces. Sometimes that's a prophetic word. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. It's good to be with our family and uh, extended family, the Thorsons, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here and to speak today. And uh, my wife was just reminding me, I thought, you know, I think I've spoken here before, and I was trying to remember, and yeah, I spoke here for your dad years back. And the fact that we can say years is a little disconcerting, but... <laughs> It's also good to be standing on our own two feet years later. So, amen. Looking forward to celebrating my mom today. She's going to be 70 years old this week. What a great legacy. What an incredible milestone. Amen. We're reading from the book of Genesis chapter 12. Also be reading from Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee of a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 8, By faith Abraham, you noticed here he's not called Abram anymore, but Abraham, because he did what God asked him to do, and God did make him. A great a, a nation, a great nation to follow after him. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I want to talk to you today for a little while on this subject, looking for home. Looking for home. Amen. Why don't you put your Bibles down and lift your hands one more time and let's ask the Lord to speak to us. It is His Word. It is His power today that we seek after. In Jesus' name, we love you today. We thank you for your Word that is forever settled in heaven. Let it be settled into our hearts today as well, in Jesus' name, to hear from heaven, to hear words of life and strength, of instruction, in Jesus' name today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that we have here today, the spirit of promise, hallelujah. Lord, that we can, that we can receive the air, the, 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 the earnest of our inheritance today, your spirit and your power. We love you, Jesus, today. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. 
again, many years ago, <laughs> read a story as a kid called The Incredible Journey. It's a classic tale of a Labrador, a bull terrier, and a Siamese cat traveling over 800 miles to find what was their home. While not a true story, it does highlight the many true stories of animals being drawn back to their home by a God-given GPS. From the dog who's dropped off miles from home, to the salmon returning to the same river they were hatched in, to the instinct of a homing pigeon. Homing pigeons can find their way home from distances of 600 miles away. Far greater than animals in instinct, instinct and in intellect, us here today as men, women, boys, and girls, created by intelligent design, born with a God-given GPS that draws us and calls us to move towards something greater than ourselves. We're not going to take the time today to talk about situations where we get lost two miles from home with a GPS. We won't talk about that today. I'm not looking at any wives or anything like that, keeping my eyes right here. The overarching theme of most stories and movies we have today are the good guys versus the bad guys. The hero, the one who comes in to save the day, whether it be Marvel or the Disney prince. This thematic world that we have has always been consumed with stories of world-ending events, having some entity come in and save us all. That's because we're drawn to something greater. We are always drawn to something greater than ourselves that can save us. Hebrews 6 and 13, the text that we read <clears throat> talking about Abraham, Talking about Abraham as well here, he said, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Because there is no one greater than our Lord Jesus Christ. You can look all over and you will find no one greater. The one who calls the dead back to life. The one who created the universe and also the individual molecules that it consists of. There is a drawing and there is a calling in our hearts to come into His presence, to be near to Him and His purpose for our lives. <clears throat> so when we read our text about Abraham going to a place he did not know anything about, he was called and he was drawn to a location he was not given coordinates for. There wasn't an address. There was no latitude or longitude. God just pointed him to the direction of Canaan and said, go that way. It was not a straight line either. There were some detours. There were some mistakes along the way. But the important thing is he kept following the calling. He was looking for home, something that was drawing him to a purpose and a place that God had for him. There's something about home that draws all of us. It's a familiar place, you know. It's nothing like sleeping in your own bed. <laughs> we call it home cooking because home cooking is usually the best. Unless mom leaves and dad's doing the cooking. <clears throat> There's always an exception to the rule. 
It's a place that we belong. It's a place we can be ourselves. It's a place of safety. It's a place of refuge. In Google Maps, you can designate your home address as your home. And when the day's work is done, all you have to do is type in home. You can leave behind the job, the stresses, and head towards your lazy boy. Dinner on the table and a hot bath. Of course, this sounds less like reality and more like a Hallmark movie on most days. But the principle still stands. We have the saying, make yourself at home. This doesn't mean that all homes and home life are going according to God's design. If I tell you to make yourself at home and you kick the cat and yell at the kids and leave the dishes in the sink for two weeks, that's not what I mean by make yourself at home. <laughs> the saying is, home is where the heart is. Let me challenge this idea in light of eternity and really say that home is where God is. Because we are designed to be with Him. We are designed to walk with Him. We are designed to live for Him. We were designed ultimately to live with Him in eternity. In His perfect design, He made earth His own so that we could one day make heaven our home. Amen. We are looking for home here today in the presence of God. The prodigal son understood this when he found himself wanting to eat the pig's lunch. When he was in the pig pen, he said, I will arise and go to my father's house. Of course, in his mind, it was no longer home to him, but simply his father's house. But his heart knew different. He said, if I can just get there, maybe everything will be okay. And you are all, all here today because of a calling from God. There is a calling to come home into his presence. There's a calling to come into a place where there is refuge, a place of belonging, a place of security, a place of safety, a place of peace, amen, a place where we can be saved. We are home when we are in his presence, the presence of the almighty God, the one that flung the stars into space, the one that said, let there be light, and there was light. Hallelujah. You might be in the pig pen today, but God is calling. And maybe here today, and you were in the pig pen, and you remember the calling. But wherever you are in the journey, you've got to keep moving forward. Keep following the call to come home. It's a place we belong, a place we can be ourselves. Home is forgiveness, the repentance of our sins. Home is the family name when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Home is not just us in the presence of God, but it's His presence in us when we are baptized with His Spirit. His Spirit, a promise. When God fills you with the Spirit and you speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, that is home in our hearts. Home is a call to the kingdom to do something for the glory of God. Home is ministry in the kingdom of God. Far beyond what you see on a platform, but true ministry, a blessing, and helping people to follow the call, the same call you are following today. There is a call to the heart to get into His presence, to enjoy His presence, to know His presence, and to help others find His presence that you have. 
This is truly the incredible journey, the ultimate incredible journey. It takes days and years, and there are many uh, miles of mountains and valleys that we go through. There are ups and downs. There is laughter, and there is tears. There is victories, and there is losses. There is health, and there is sickness, and there are things you cannot predict on this incredible journey. Amen. You could ask me, uh, when I began following Jesus, I know I was raised in the church. I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at home when I was not years old amen but you could ask me uh, to, to guess and to try to imagine the twists and the turns of life amen at nine years old and I would not be close to what the twists and the turns of life have been till now and I cannot imagine from this day forward even what the twists and the turns because we cannot predict what life will bring our way but we know that God is never changing amen he is the same yesterday today and forever There will be some right turns and some left turns and some detours. And you know when you're following your GPS, you can get distracted. You're talking on the phone and you miss the exit. So what does the GPS have to do? It says rerouting, (laughs) rerouting. Thank God God knows how to reroute our journey and our, our track, get us back on track with him if we will allow him to do that. The destination is not possible without the journey. And the journey is not to be discounted. It has been said that the journey is greater than the destination. But in following Jesus, let me tell you today, we could be no farther from the truth. Because this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. As the song says, you got to say it like that. We're just a passing through. Hebrews 13 and 14 says, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Another version says this world is not our permanent home. There is a drawing of our hearts to a place called heaven. Revelations 21 and 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Amen. There is a promise. There is a destination at the end of this journey. And just as in the story of the incredible journey, if you make it to heaven, it will be on purpose. If you step through the pearly gates, it will be in spite of hardships and trials and temptations and left turns and right turns and mountains and valleys. But you have decided and settled in your heart, I am going to make it to the other side and be with him for eternity. I'm going to be saved on purpose not by accident the old saying is in 100 years it will not matter what kind of car you drove it will not matter how much money you had in the bank it will not matter how what kind of house you lived in none of these things will matter in 100 years the only thing that matters is where your destination is 
Romans 8 and 16 says the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. Hallelujah. There is something at the end of the road. It may be a road of hardship at times, but there is something waiting for us. And so every once in a while, in the middle of looking at Fox News and God forbid CNN, and I'm not going to get political today, so please forgive me. But in the middle of looking at the news, doesn't matter what news, it's all bad. And some of it's worse and some of it's fake, but it's all bad. In the middle of, of all the things that are going on in our world and our world's making some left turns. In the middle of all that, you can get consumed with it. You can see that it's nothing is going right. Nothing is good, go, going good. <clears throat> but that's why Titus 2 and 13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, you got to look up. you got to look for the coming. you got to look for a hope that is greater than here. You've got to look for something that is greater than, than, than what we are experiencing here on this plane. But there is another plane, a heavenly plane. Amen. Something in the Spirit, not just in a physical heaven, but the Bible talks about sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The writer said in Psalms 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Psalms 3 and 3 says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Sometimes we got to lift our eyes above what's going on right here. We got to get our eyes off of what's going on in the world and say, God, what are you doing in this world? Because it is our greatest hope. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, Paul said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. He said, if in this life only we have. Yeah, we have hope in Christ, but if your hope in Christ is right here, his context where those that were looking for Christ to come and save them in their present troubles and for Christ to do something right. But he said, there's something greater than that. We are of all men most miserable. It's not just about what Christ can do for us right here. It's what Christ can do for us, elevating us into a place in the spirit. Ultimately heaven, but even before we get to a physical heaven there are heavenly places there are places in God and in prayer and and in his presence where God can do things in our spirit that we cannot and never will be able to do for ourselves it's okay and not just okay but every once in a while we need to think about heaven and think about home Philippians 3 and 20 says for our conversation is in heaven so we need to be talking about heaven that's not what that word means, but we could, we could say <laughs> that word conversation here means country or citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Because eternity seems so far off. And in our minds, in the reality that we live in, in time frame that we live in, it is in that relative term. 
Because to comprehend eternity is almost impossible. Everything we know is framed by time. We say eternity is a long time, and, and we hope the sermon's not going to last for eternity, and so on and so forth. It is, but eternity is void of time. It is no beginning, no ending. How can you describe or comprehend what that really means? Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. He hath set the world. This word world here means eternity. He'd set eternity in the human heart. Another version says this, the, the, this thing that he has set in us, meaning we're not just made for this world only. We were made for eternity. Everyone that comes into being as a as a boy or a girl, a baby boy, a baby girl, everybody that comes into being. And I know sometimes we talk about those that pass away at the age of three and four, and it's a tragedy to families, hard to comprehend, and would crush our world. But the fact is, when God made us, he made us looking at eternity. He didn't just make us looking at this world. He made us looking at another time, another place, a place of eternity. He has set eternity into the hearts of men and women. But here, while we're not in eternity, there are eternal moments, moments that will live on, not just memories, but life-changing moments. There are things that happen in our life that will take us from here to eternity. Every time we come to the altar and seek God's face, every time we open the Word and read something of the Word, every prayer, every service, every moment in His presence, every time we reach out and try to help someone and pray for someone, these are eternal moments. They are never wasted in the economy or time frame of God amen they are eternal moments that God uses and that are that are pleasing to God C.S. Lewis said if you read history you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this he also said if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Amen. And truly here today, we were made for another world. There's a calling. There's a drawing of our hearts to a place called home. Amen. We start here. Amen. The journey toward home starts in repentance. Amen. It starts in baptism in the name of Jesus and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the greatest gift you're ever going to experience on this side of heaven. Amen. But it takes us into a place and a life of ministry and calling to the kingdom and doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ. But ultimately, it's to take us into a place, amen, our ultimate home prepared for us. Because in this place, while it may be just another Sunday morning because we get caught in the mundane sides of life, Amen. And, and that is also in our, in, our, in our, I hate to say the word religious, but the lack of a better term, in our religious habits, it can be we get caught up in the mundane that it's another Sunday. It's another, we've all been there. We don't have to point fingers at anybody. <laughs> life can be very mundane. The habits of life and, and going through the motions. But yet we're still making decisions that will shape our eternity.
Ephesians 1.13 says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. And I already forgot, but John told me I should have the Bible quizzers quote, quote that verse. I'm sure they were quoting right along with me. <clears throat> the question has been asked to me personally and, and just at large, what is heaven like? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, we'll know each other in heaven. There's a lot of questions we could have about heaven. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all the scriptures, but we're not going to be young or old. And we'll always joke about what heaven will have. Heaven, surely, I don't drink coffee. Please don't hold that against me. Please still listen to the rest of my sermon. But we, we, we have nothing to reference heaven by except what brings us joy here. So heaven's surely going to have coffee. I'm sure it's going to have some good steaks, some good tri-tip. Oh, I love a good tri-tip. I'm going to lose everybody right here. Some mashed potatoes and gravy. Heaven's going to have, amen, some good food. I believe that. Cheesesteak. I mean, wh where do you stop and where do you begin? It's, heaven's going to be a good place. Now, I don't believe we're going to be floating around playing harps on clouds. How incredibly boring does that sound? I don't even know how to play a harp. But that's an insult to the one who created us <laughs> and our nature. How can we really describe what heaven's really going to be like? I do know there's going to be worship. I do know we're going to be praising him. I do know we're going to be casting our crowns at his feet. I do know that we will see him. Amen. If you don't like worship, you're not going to like heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you look at what man has come up with, with the incredible creative power that man has. Amen. That we are made in his image. And, and you look at what we have done in, in all of our <clears throat> uh, fragile nature. And, and we're, we're just nothing like God in the sense of how powerful and how great he is. Really, what is heaven going to be look, be, uh, be look like? What we can imagine is not even a drop in the bucket to what God has prepared. Revelation gives us a glimpse. And I'm not going to read all these scriptures. so many. I didn't even give them to him. But Revelation 21, <clears throat> John said, He carried me away in the spirit to great high mountain. He showed me a great city descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like unto a stone most precious, precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Verse 18 says, In the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. 21 says, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. Uh, verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. <coughs> verse one of uh, verse uh, of chapter 21, uh, chapter 22, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. 
but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face. And His name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Walls of jasper, streets of gold, gates of pearl. What an incredibly beautiful place it's going to be. Amen. Where our, 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 our breath is going to be taken away, if it were. I don't even know if we're going to have breath or how that works and the oxygen i don't understand all that amen but what i do understand it's going to be an incredible place i don't understand everything it's going to have amen but the bible says we are going to be like him and first john 3 says amen behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew it not behold now are we the sons of god and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. The nail prints and all. Hallelujah. We're going to be like him. Amen. And in, in who he is. But the Bible says in verse 3, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Amen. We have this hope in him that we are going to be like him. He gives us his hope in Romans 8 and 9. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you... He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible shall uh, must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Hallelujah. Amen. There is a victory coming. I know there is sickness here. Amen. We're not going to live forever here. Amen. We know that the ultimate healing will always be in a disease that God doesn't heal here. Amen. Is that we will be healed over there because we're going to have a new body. Amen. We're going to have, amen, something that is perfect in his likeness. Whatever that is, hallelujah, but we are going to be like him. We have a great hope in Jesus Christ. But can I tell you here today, as I come to a close, as much as I don't know about what's going to be there, as much as I can't have my brain, my finite brain wrapped around what's going to be there, Hey Amen. Let's talk about for a few minutes what's not going to be there. Because this we understand here today. The Bible says in Revelations 21 and 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Amen. <clears throat> we know that there, there's not going to be any addiction. There, there's not going to be any abortion clinics. Amen. In heaven, there's not going to be any murders or drive-by shootings. In heaven, 
there is no death or funeral homes. Amen. In death, there are no need of any morticians. In death, there is no, in heaven, there is no cancer. There is no weariness of soul. In heaven, there is no stress or no need for a pharmacy. In heaven, there is no suicide or overdoses. In heaven, there is no fear or worry or anxiety. Amen. In heaven, there is no bankruptcy. Praise God. There are no bills and no overdraft fees and no bounce checks. In heaven, there are no jobs, no divorce attorneys, no lawsuits, car accidents. Amen. Uh, there are no wars. There is no need for the Navy or the Air Force or the Marine Corps. Amen. In heaven, there's no need for the police department or security forces. Amen. In heaven, there's no bars on the windows. There are no locks. Amen. In heaven, there are no screen doors. There's no, there are no need to, to have to keep out the mosquitoes, Savannah. Amen. She knows what I'm talking about here. In heaven, there are no things, amen, that will drive us crazy. In heaven, there's no need for any hospitals or doctors or nurses. In heaven, there's no clocks, amen, because time is no more. Amen. In heaven, we're going to be free. In heaven, we're going to be with Him. Amen. In heaven, we have no need for all of these things, amen, to keep us going because we will be with Him in a perfect place like Him. Amen. A truly what we would imagine paradise yet our imagine cannot our imagination cannot even reach what he has prepared for us in heaven hallelujah we will have made it the bible talks about in the parables about hearing him say well done thou good and faithful servant And so to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, we will have need to have done well. Not be perfect, but run the race. Fight the good fight of faith. A soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul mentioned all these different things. Of putting our alt into it. And the only way we can put our all into it is to follow the call. See, you can come to church, and I commend you being here because there's something faithful in that. And so I will not put a but after that. I will say and. Come to church and follow the call. Because it's part of it. You can do a lot of things of religious nature in a biblical nature. But there's something about following the call. There's a call in our hearts that we've got to take it from our DNA and our subconscious, the thing that God put into us, and we've got to allow it to be converted into something we are breathing, we are living, we are praying for. Amen. It's something that we're thinking about. It's something we talk about. We take it from our heart and we put it in our mouth. There is a call of God. Amen. It's, it's, it's the prayers that say, Lord, will you use me? Amen. It's a song that says, if you can use anything, Lord, please use me. Hallelujah. As we stand all over the house here today. Amen. There's something that we can pray. There are things that we can sing. Amen. There's there's the desires of our heart. Amen. That God will put in and God will unlock when we seek Him with our whole heart. Amen. We surrender our lives to Him. It's a call for home. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
I mean, maybe heaven's not our home tonight. It's like the preacher, he was preaching and he was asking if anybody wanted to go to heaven. But yeah, we want to go to heaven. This guy's sitting in the back and he's not really, he's had a few too many to drink. And he's kind of, everybody's raising their hand except that guy. And the preacher says, you know, reaching for that guy. Does anybody want? Does anybody want? And everybody raised their hand except the guy in the back. Except I, hey, sir, do you, you want to go to heaven? The guy kind of getting a glimpse of what he's talking about. Said, yeah, yeah, I want to go. I, I just thought you were going to take up a load tonight or something. <laughs> we're not really wanting to be there yet because we're in this flesh that wants to survive. God put that there. That's okay. So how do we get from here to there? There's a call for our hearts. See, there's a home away from home that's in His presence. I can't be in perfection. I'm not yet in a place where there are no more tears and no more sorrow. I'm not yet in a place where I don't need a hospital. I'm not yet in a place where I have no more bills to pay. This is where we're really living right now. I'm not yet in a place where I don't know what to do. My family's falling apart. I'm not, I'm not there. There's a home away from home in the presence of God, the place of ministry and calling in the kingdom of God, whether it be just simply coming to him for the first time in a long time and saying, God, I need you. And he'll meet you in that place where you can have peace and strength for the first time, maybe in a long time, and that will be your home away from home. And he's not going to leave you there. He's going to continue in your journey, but there is a journey that can always be home away from home as long as we're in the presence of God. That's what I want. That's what I desire. That's what we need. There's something in every one of us, a God-given DNA that says, Lord, I want your presence. God, I want your will in my life. I want you to fulfill your purpose in me. Hallelujah. One day we're going to be there. Amen. But the way we get there is his purpose happens in me right here, right now. And God, I want to be and experience a home away from home. Hallelujah. As I sing and play here this morning, amen, I invite you to come and seek the face of God. I invite you to come, amen, and be in His presence with one another. Amen, sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I invite you to come and kneel, or you can come and lift up your hands and say, God, I want to experience your presence all over again. Maybe it's been 10 years. Maybe it's only been since yesterday. But God, today's a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. And I want to experience your presence, oh God. This is my home away from home in your presence. Oh, the Bible says in his presence there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah. In his presence there's fullness of joy. He said it's a peace that passes all understanding. It's a love that surpasses knowledge. Amen. All these attributes of God we can experience in his presence. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's gonna be worth it.